can go ahead and be opening up your Bibles to Psalm 81. That's where we're going to meet God here in just a moment. But God's already in the place. We're already meeting with him, but that's where he's going to speak to us from uh, this morning. Uh, so thankful uh, for the worship and for the God who calls to us and who draws us close to him. So uh, this morning, I want to talk a little bit about birds, okay? Uh, <laughs> really, you know, the Bible says a lot about birds. Uh, God's compared uh, to uh, birds in, in different places where uh, it talks about when Jesus was baptized, how the Holy Spirit descended like a dove upon him. Uh, and uh, in the book of Psalms, matter of fact, over in Psalm 91, we're not going to be there uh, this morning, but it's, there's where God is pictured like a mother hen taking care of his chicks, where it talks about how we can take refuge in the shelter of his wings. Uh, and so we have a God who cares for us like that. But not only does the Bible compare God uh, to a bird, but the Bible in different uh, places compares us to birds. The most popular there is, is what? Isaiah chapter 40, where it talks about those that wait upon the Lord will mount up with wings like eagles. We love that passage, don't we? Because uh, we all want to soar like the eagles, you know, and, and fly like the, the, no, I better not say that. <laughs> that's an old song back in the 70s, fly like the, uh, but, uh, but that's uh, what we want. We want in our relationship with God. And then there's other passages as well, uh, maybe not as popular as that passage, but the truths are still there in Luke chapter 12. Uh, where God says, consider the ravens, how they don't uh, toil and they don't uh, sow or reap, but how God takes care of them and how much more God cares for us and takes care of us. And even, you know, we mentioned that God, the Holy Spirit descending like a dove in Matthew chapter 10 is where it tells us that we're to be innocent like doves. And all those are, are great pictures, but I think the picture that uh, God has in his mind or that God wants us to, to see and, and wants to have in, in our lives is this picture that is found in Psalm 81. And the picture looks something uh, like that. Can you tell what that is? <laughs> That's a baby bird with its mouth wide open. Because you see, in Psalm 81 in verse 10, is where he says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Then he says this, back to the picture there, uh, as he says, open your mouth wide and I will fill it. That's the picture I think that God has in mind of us and our relationship with God is that we are this, this helpless baby bird and that we need to open our mouth wide so that he can fill us with everything that we need. That baby bird is completely dependent on the parents. And we don't, the problem is, is we don't act like we are when in reality, if we want everything that God's word says that he has for us, we need to be dependent like that baby bird. We need to be dependent upon God. We need to approach God and we need to have a relationship with God where every moment of every day, we're just like that baby bird with our mouth wide open. And God promises us, he tells us, if we'll open our mouth wide, he will fill it. 
Some of you may have seen, uh, uh, we don't have the video, but the video that's been kind of circulating, uh, I don't know, the last couple of weeks or so on the internet of this bird. And it's just, it's, it's a, bigger than this bird here. I mean, it's just, but it's still a baby and stuff and it's chasing after, I don't know if it's a bug or a centipede or a caterpillar or something like that, but it's kind of moving quiet. And the bug is, I mean, the bird is chasing the bug around and it gets there when it gets to it, instead of going down and getting it, it just opens its mouth. Like it expects the bug to jump up in there. But because it hadn't quite learned that you got to feed yourself, you know, that the bird. Now, as I say that, it's a, it's a cute video and stuff that is there. But unfortunately, that's what we're trying to do is run around and feed ourselves. When what we need to be is dependent upon God. This is an, an eye-opening, freeing up, just full of grace, promise from God. Where he says, open your mouth wide and I will fill it. Now in Psalm 81, verse, uh, uh, the this whole psalm here, we're not going to read all the verses, but he starts off in Psalm 81 with a reminder uh, to the nation of Israel, to the people of Israel, to God's people, uh, their deliverance from the bondage of Egypt. We know that story. Uh, and, and the psalmist is just reminding the people of how God delivered them. And matter of fact, he talks, as he, as he reminds them of it, he says, you ought to be praising God because of that. There ought to be an eruption of praise. There ought to be an explosion of joy. He even talks about singing aloud to God, making a joyful sound, uh, shout, raise a song and strike the timbrel, blow the trumpet. He says, there ought to be an, when you think of all that God has done for you, and how he has blessed you. There ought to be an eruption of praise. There ought to be an explosion of joy. And that's true for them, but that's also true of us. Now, we weren't in Egypt. We were in greater bondage than Egypt. We were in bondage to sin. And Jesus has come and set us free. He's redeemed us. He's delivered us. He set us free from the bondage of sin. And there ought to be in our hearts an explosion of joy because of that, an eruption of praise because of that. Now, for the children of Israel, understand that when they were delivered from Egypt, that wasn't the end of it. That was just the beginning. There was more blessings ahead of them as God led them through the Red Sea on dry land, as God destroyed the armies of the Egyptians, as God met with them and shared with them his desires, his law, his commands, as he provided for them, as they wandered through the wilderness, uh, manna, and, and, and met their needs there, as he drew water from the rock, and then as they finally went into the promised land, and they wandered a lot longer than they should have, because they, they didn't open their mouth wide, they they kept their mouth closed and they didn't want to follow God and trust God uh, in the beginning uh, with that. But eventually God did lead them to the promised land and they had victory after victory after victory there. And that's the way it is for us. Once you're saved, yes, there ought to always be an explosion of joy in your heart when you think about your salvation, when you think about what God has saved you from. But your salvation was not the end. It was just the beginning. The beginning of a, of a life of blessing. The beginning of a, a daily experience of the promises of God. Just like that, that baby bird there. That baby bird is, is, is getting food. Why? It is being filled so he can fly. So that he can soar. 
Just like that Isaiah 40, soaring like the eagles. And that is true. God has blessings for us. He wants us to soar like the eagles. He wants us to experience all these blessings that he has for us in our life. But the thing about it is, is that we can never get past the point where we keep our mouth open to him. Regardless of how mature we think we are, if we're going to experience what he has for us, We've got to remain in that state where our mouths are open toward God and our hearts are open toward God and we're dependent upon God for our strength, for everything that we need in this life. And God knows that and God wants to bless us. So he says, open your mouth wide and I fill it are you hungry are you hungry for God let's look at this passage here there's four truths I want us to just focus in on and hit on this morning the first is this is that there is a God who wants to fill us I'm so thankful that our God wants to fill us he says there in verse 10 he says I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. Understand that this command comes from God. This is not the people of God going to God and saying, God, we want you to do this. We want you to do that. This is what we need. God, you're not listening to us. God, you're not paying attention to us. God, you're not doing what we want you to do. So this is what we need you to do. No, it's not coming from the, the, the people's heart. It's coming from God's heart to them. God is the one that said this. God, God is the one that said, open your mouth wide and I will fill it. This is a command from God. He wants to fill it us. He's the one that is offering this. He is the one that is desiring this. He is the one that knows that we need this and so he calls out to us open your mouth wide and I will fill it. You see the desire for filling starts in God's heart. That's our wonderful God is that he wants to do this for us. He wants to bless us. Sometimes we have this picture of this God who's up there with a lightning bolt in his hand just waiting for us to mess up so he can punish us, so that he can uh, judge us. That's not our God. Our God is looking to bless us. He's wanting to bless us. Now, the sin and, and the, the selfishness of our heart hinders that. When we've got our mouth closed, we can't receive that. So he calls out to us in grace and mercy. He says, just open up your mouth. Let me do it. What a God. Just as I was talking about the children of Israel, how God took them out of Egypt, but understand, he wasn't just taking them out of Egypt. He was taking them to somewhere. He was taking them to the promised land. And God has brought us out, out of bondage, out of sin, out of the, 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 the darkness of separation from him to bring us into something. He wants to, he takes us out to bring us in. We must let go of the old that hinders us and that holds us back and receive everything that he has for us to let him take us where he wants to take us. And what does he want? He wants a full relationship with us. Notice what he says here as he says, I am the Lord your God. That is a 
beautiful statement there. We, we're focusing on open thy mouth wide and I will fill it. But that, that, that command there, that call of God comes from that statement. I am the Lord, your God. Your God. That's personal. He's talking to us. He's talking to them. He's talking to each one of us individually. He's talking to this church as a whole that he is our God. And notice it says here, it says, I am the Lord. Now, uh, in the the New King James here, in that, that text there, it has it in parentheses because those words are not found in the original Hebrew, but they really are. Because when it says Lord, that word Lord's in all capital letters. And that word Lord in all capital letters is the name Yahweh God. And the name Yahweh God is based upon what God said to Moses when Moses said, whom shall I say is sending me? Whom shall I say is called? He said, you tell him I am that I am. And that's who Yahweh is. He is the great I am. And that's why they put the I am in front of the Lord because it's saying I am that I am. That's what he, he said. I am the I am. That, that's who he is. He is the great. And we look at that and we, we claim that and we sing about that, how he's the great I am, how he's the I am of the promise. He's the God who is present with us. He is God that is with us. But notice what he is saying. He's saying, I am your God. That means I have been your God. I am your God. And I will always be your God. We are together. I want a relationship with you you and nothing can break this relationship that I have with you. Wow. Do you see the God who wants to fill us? Why would we not open up to him? Not only do we see the God who wants to fill us, but then we see the command which must be followed. Because this statement here in verse 10, open your mouth wide, is a command. It is in the imperative here. It is a command to us. Now, when it is a command, that means basically two things. Number one, every command of God is also a promise of God that he will do and he will give us the ability to do what he wants us to do. If, you're, if the enemy is feeding into your mind right now just saying, well, I can't do this, I can't. No, 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 no. God will give you the strength to do this if you want to do this. Every command is a promise from God. When he tells us to be holy, with his strength we can be holy. When he tells us to pray, with his strength and guidance we can pray. When he tells us to share our faith. Matter of fact, he even told us when he commanded us to go into all the world and to be his witness. He said, and I will be with you always. Every command is a promise from God. We can do this. God will help us to do this if we want to do this. But there's the kicker. Because every command is a promise of God, but every command is a decision by us. We must decide whether or not we're going to obey. And it's not based on our situation. It's not based on our upbringing or our past. It's not that some can and some can't. We all can with the help of God. The question is, do we want to? Will we open our mouth wide? So we've got to hunger for what God is offering. We've got to want what God is offering. This command to to 
to open our mouths wide. It speaks of, and this is part of why we don't really want this, because it speaks of vulnerable, vulnerable, let's say that, vulnerability. In other words, we got to get real with God and admit that we can't do it on our own and admit that we desperately need him and admit that in ourselves we are, 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 are weak and, 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 and unable and so we need him. The flesh can't do this. Ourselves, we can't do this. And, and we need to admit that without him we have nothing and there needs to be a hunger in our hearts. There needs to be a, we need to be the point of starving that, that all we want is God. All we want is him. Do you understand this? We're so afraid of failure that we won't let God help us and therefore we fail. Let me, let me help you out a little bit with that. And this, this frees me up from time to time when God reminds me of this and, and certain situations. And, and it's this. God expects us to fail. He knows we're going to fail. But the good news is God's already taken care of that. That's why he went to the cross. He knew we'd fail. And whatever failures, don't, you don't have to be afraid of failure. So, well, if I step out and trust God, I might fail. I might, you don't have to be afraid of that. Just trust him. Just walk with him. And if you do fail, he's got it covered. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, uh, taking advantage of the, of, the, of the grace of God or presuming upon the grace of God. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying I'm going to do everything I can to walk by faith. And if I fail in my walking of faith, God will pick me up. He'll forgive me. He'll clean me off and put me back on the right path. I trust him to do that. He's, he said we would fail. But he said even when we fail, he'd never leave us or forsake us. And I tell you what, this is how sure he is that we're going to fail. He gave us a gift called the Holy Spirit. He gave us himself because he knows we will fail and he, we need some help. And we need the greatest help we can give. And so guess what he gave us? He gave us himself. So just rely upon him and obey him and surrender to him. On the basis of that, open your mouth wide. I thought about in the service today of just having uh, Brother Trey and Brother Matt and Brother Jerry and Brother David just walk around here with their mouths open on. (laughs) (laughs) Just for an illustration, but I I didn't ask them to do that. They probably would have done it if I'd asked them to. Might not have liked it, but they'd have done it. But that's the way every moment of every day, open your mouth wide. Dependent upon God, listening to God. Matter of fact, our mouths are not big enough. Let's just open up our arms wide, open up our hearts wide to God. The question is, do we trust him enough to live this way? And do we want him enough to live this way? There's a command. God's called, but we've got to answer. God is commanded, but we've got to obey and open our mouths wide. Third truth, there's a promise which can be enjoyed. 
He doesn't just say open your mouth wide. What does he say? Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. Wow. This word fill, it was, it's kind of neat when I was, I was looking up this Hebrew word and trying to understand what he means by, by filling. And he means everything that you can think of with filling. Because this Hebrew word, uh, maleb, most of the Hebrew words, the, the Greek words are real exact and defined. A lot of the Hebrew words have a lot of different rich meaning and so when I was looking at this and I started looking at all the the ways it's used and all the the nuances of the meaning of this and I thought well which one is it and God said all of it what do I mean by that this is what it this is what he means when he says I will fill you open your mouth wide and I will will fill it up I will fill you up what does it mean it means he finishes the work that means he finishes his work he's going to complete everything that needs to be done that's what it means to be filled to be filled to completion it means he accomplishes his task it means he's going to do what he has for us he's going to give us everything that we need to accomplish what he has called us to do it means he completes everything that we lack every area of our life of our lives where we are lacking and that's a lot of areas areas in our, in our life. He fills up everything that we are lacking. He arms us against the enemy. He arms us completely. He drenches us. He covers us. He saturates us. He satisfies us and he fills us to overflowing. That's what he means. Everything you can imagine and more is exactly what he means. And then notice here, oh, this is good. Notice the substance of his filling, of the filling. He's not talking about whipped cream here. He's not talking about jelly. He's not talking about chewed up worms or beetles either. What is it that we're filled with? What does he say? Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. Did you get that? He's not saying I'm going to fill it with stuff. He's saying I, my, me, myself, and I will fill it. He's the filling. That's what, that's what the, the New Testament teaches us where we're commanded there to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God, to be filled with God himself. He says, you want me, you can have me. Open your mouth wide and I will fill you up. I will be everything that you need. He fills us with himself. That's been his desire from the very beginning. That's what the issue was with Adam and Eve when they sinned. It wasn't just that they did something bad. It wasn't just that they broke God's law. It's that they chose the knowledge of good and evil. They chose themselves that they wanted knowledge so they could choose for themselves what to do when they could have had life, which was God himself. They chose themselves over against God and that's the battle of sin that's the sin that separates us from God that's the sin nature within us that we all struggle with that we all need to be redeemed of that we all need to be set free of and so that's what God is about it's about this relationship that's why he sent Jesus here he he sent Jesus to come and to live the, the life that we are, are called to live the life that we could have with him and then he died on the cross bearing our sin and he removed the sins that separate us. He conquered sin and death and everything that separates us. The veil was torn. The, the veil was opened up. We can have access with, to God. We can have a relationship with God because Jesus paid the price for our sins. You see, that's the goal of salvation is not just the removal of sin, but the removal of sin so that we can have a, a beautiful, perfect, holy relationship with God himself.
And may I say that's revival. When God fills his church and God fills his people and he fills you and he fills me with himself. What are the conditions? We've got to be perfect. No, open your mouth wide. We've got to have certain verses memorized and achieve a certain level of maturity and of knowledge in the faith. No, open your mouth wide. We've got to have passed certain tests and lived a certain amount of time. No, open your mouth wide and I will fill it. What a promise. What a promise. But then also notice this. And this may be sometimes what shuts our mouth. There is a purpose in this. There is a purpose in your relationship with God. And there's a purpose in your relationship with God and why he's left you here on this earth to live out this relationship with God. There's a purpose to be fulfilled. There's a purpose which must be filled. When he gives this command in verse 10, open your mouth wide and I will fill it. That word open is an interesting word. What does it mean? It means to open up (laughs) is what it means. But when you look at how it is used, the overwhelming majority of the time, I didn't count it all up, but I would say over 90% of the time when he talks about opening, he's not talking about opening to receive he's talking about opening to let out in other words most of the time when it is used it is used of opening up your mouth and speaking out see there's a purpose in the filling God fills you up so that you can be poured out on others so that he can be poured out on others the opening is to let out ministry it's to let out grace it's to let out praise it's to let out worship it's to let out the gospel it's to let it out that's what he's called us to do and so he says open your mouth wide yes i will fill it but you're opening it up not just to take it in see that's the problem with many of us in churches that we come and come and come to receive to receive to receive and after a while, we get full and close our mouth. That's not, we're not coming to receive for ourselves. We're coming to let God do a work in me that he might use me, that he might flow through me in ministry to the world around me. That's why we are here. What flows in must flow out. And that's him. He must flow out. This is not about my blessing. This is about me blessing God in praise and worship and in service and obedience to him and me blessing others as I share his love, as I let his love flow through me, as I let his forgiveness flow through me, as I let his good news flow through me, as I introduce folks to him as they see Christ in me and in you. We must be filled with him to be a blessing. We must be filled with him. Open up your mouth. Let it fill you up and then let it flow out to the world around us. That's why the Holy Spirit is not described as a, as a reservoir. The Holy Spirit is described as rivers of living water, not just flowing into you, but flowing through us, through the church, through believers, to the world around us. 
Now are you hungry? Now will you open your mouth wide and let him fill you? Because if he fills you, we each and every one of us, as he fills us, have an obligation and a duty to minister to others, to serve others, to share the gospel with others. You know, we, last Sunday night, if you were here in our service, we talked about just getting real and we prayed through some things about just being real and honest before the Lord. And one of those things that we began praying through last Sunday night was our witness to the lost. And so I'm, I'm, I'm still calling upon us. And I say us because I'm talking to myself as well. Let's get real. Are we serious about being a witness to the lost? This God that has redeemed us, who says, I am the Lord, your God. I've redeemed you. I've saved you. You're mine. And nothing can separate you from me. This, this God who has said he will fill us, if we'll open up, he will fill us with himself. This very God has commanded us time and time again and has called us and shared with us the, the, the calling to go and to share the good news with those who don't know Christ. You know, I preached a series of messages this summer on those roadblocks to hell. And we talked about the reality of hell. And even as we talk about the eternal punishment that awaits people, yet how many people have we prayed for? How many people have we shared with since this summer? We talk about sharing our testimony. It's very easy. I mean, somebody asks you where you went to school or how was life growing up? You can recount that. Whether somebody asks you or not, can't you just recount what Jesus has done for you? How Jesus saved you? It's simple. The gospel's simple. We're all sinners. Jesus paid the price for our sins. And if we'll receive him and the, the gift of salvation, we can be forgiven, which means we can have a relationship with God right now and forever. Simple. Simple. But yet every day, lost people all around us are dying, eternally separated from God. And nobody told them. Nobody told them. Are we hungry for God? Will we open our mouths wide? See, the issue is not, okay, I got to start doing that better. No, I need to settle these heart issues in my life. I need to open my mouth wide. I need to let God fill me. Stay away from this junk of the world that we've been feasting on, all these 
tasty pods, the pods of the pig pen that we've been feeding upon. And let's begin feeding upon Jesus Christ and our relationship with him every morning, opening up our hearts to him every day, opening up our mind, letting him fill us. And as he fills us and he says, tell them, tell this person, take a moment, tell them what I've done for you. Then with his obedience, with his power, with his presence in our lives, we'll tell them. We'll tell him. We can't save him. He's the only one that can save him. But we can tell him. What is it that's hindering us this morning? 